the real testament comes when you realize that uh, employees like Julia, who worked in a department that, and her experience, if you looked at the, the description of the job she ultimately took, would have excluded her from even being qualified for that job. And the marketplace opened our eyes to recognize that the new set of capabilities that's truly needed for a job, uh, you know, got, got changed. Welcome to Future of Risk, presented by Zurich North America. A look at the changing risk and resilience landscape with insights on the challenges facing businesses today and tomorrow. Hi, this is Renee Koa from Zurich North America. Is your company optimizing the people who work there? As workforce shortages continue to plague the American business landscape, some companies are filling important gaps with an internal platform called a talent marketplace. Here's how it works. Managers across the organization post temporary assignments that need to be filled pronto. That gives existing proven workers an opportunity to apply for work outside their current team and possibly area of expertise. Joining us today to talk about the opportunities and ways to overcome the challenges are Al Crook, head of HR business partners at Zurich North America, along with Julia Niemer, an underwriting account service associate who found her dream job thanks to Zurich's talent marketplace. Al and Julia, welcome. Hi, Renee. Thanks for having us. Glad to be here, Renee. Thank you. Well, Al, the talent marketplace is a relatively new phenomenon. Can you elaborate on how it can help businesses? Absolutely. The marketplace, if you break it down into what we all know about marketplaces, is, is a location in which you can reconcile supply and demand needs. So in terms of a talent marketplace, it's just simply that. It's the opportunity for companies to make sure they have the right talent, the right capabilities, and the right employees working on the most important needs of the company. So uh, yes, it's a fairly new phenomenon. Much like traditional workplaces, work was understood. You know, Getting that work done was accomplished through filling jobs. So when a certain amount of work accumulated or was vacant, uh, companies would hire a person to do that work. But what we know now, Renee, is work is not that static. Our customers are dynamic. The needs of the customers change all the time. Companies are learning that they must have a, a more dynamic staffing model in order to fulfill that work, get that work done. And it's always best done with their current employees. It's the fastest and the most efficient way to get people working on things. Hiring takes a long time, the upskilling, the recruiting, um, but the marketplace allows for the most important work to be done by your current staff in the most efficient way. And oh, by the way, when they're done, uh, everyone benefits. The work gets done and employees have additional development that they normally wouldn't have gotten if the marketplace was not open. That all sounds great, Al. And just to point out, at Zurich, the temporary assignments typically represent a minimum of 20% of an employee's work week, right? Yeah, and you bring up a good point, the notion of the assignment being temporary. So we approach the marketplace work very differently than filling a job. They are assignments. So it's usually a carve out 
within a certain role representing a body of work. And that work is very defined and organized. When we go to the marketplace to seek assistance for that, it generally doesn't represent uh, a person's full-time job. All of our employees have uh, active and, and more work than they probably can get done in a day. So we, we set them up to be successful in most cases where it's a balance, where they spend some time in their, their current job, but a majority of their time in the new opportunity. And what we've found is that generally most uh, marketplace opportunities are 75% or more time needed. Anything under 20% would, would not be sufficiently large enough to really get someone upskilled and trained to have the right amount of focus and deliver the right type of results. That feels more like a different type of rotation or some other solution for that. But a marketplace job is really a large part of their job and, and over 20% is what we've you know, found to be the floor of when we would, would create an assignment. Julia, your assignment in underwriting was a little unusual in that it was 100%. How long was that supposed to last? That's correct. It was 100% at the beginning, just based on the workflow that the underwriting team that I joined was getting. And at first I started with six months. That was my original contract with them. And then uh, once we got closer to kind of the expiration of that um, initial contract, they ended up extending it another six months for me. That's fantastic for you because um, you really wanted that opportunity. So Al, as I understand it, Zurich had plans to implement a talent marketplace over the course of a few years, but like many HR-focused initiatives since March of 2020, the pandemic really accelerated that growth, right? That's correct. Renee, we knew that the talent marketplace was really part of the future of work. We, as I talked about a little earlier, the nature of how companies approach work and how work appears in corporations is much less static now than it ever has been. The technology, the customer needs, the need to move quickly to adjust to meet those needs really compels the best companies to recognize the traditional way of setting up work by jobs and filling them and then backfilling them is certainly not going away, but it isn't sufficient for you know, getting work done in the current and, and future model. So once the pandemic hit, what we learned at Zurich was uh, last year, there was a difficult time hiring people because the market effectively froze up for talent, but we still had new and emerging work. So the question was, how do we get the most important work done when we can't easily go to the market and hire people? And thus the acceleration of the marketplace was created. Um, we diverted many of our capable employees' capabilities to higher priority work. That solution, which came online in probably 45 days, was a huge reason for our ability to deliver for our customers. And again, like most good things, the additional benefit to the employees was they got to spend time learning about different parts of the business, expanding their capabilities and skill sets. And also Zurich learned that many of our employees, uh, I would say most of our employees, have transferable skill sets that they may not have even contemplated because of the way we have traditionally approached jobs and work and posting positions. You mentioned it helps some companies, it can help them avoid layoffs. 
during lagging periods for some of their business areas, right? Yeah, that's another really good point. Um, you know, part of, again, our commitment to work sustainability as a portion of the future of work makes us really understand that the traditional model of when certain work dried up or certain lines of business or activities went away, um, the more traditional model was, well, that work went away. So the people who are doing that work are identified and given the appropriate notice and then oftentimes severed from the company. In the meantime, we have hundreds of jobs open in the outside market. And what the marketplace does is recognize a model that says we can upskill and reskill our current staff through assignments, through onboarding and, and upskilling that allows them to transfer their very important capabilities into these new roles. And it really was a paradigm shift for us, Renee, when we look at some of our job descriptions, we've many times defined them in such a way that it excludes people merely because they haven't um, spent time in certain areas or under a very specific set of circumstances. And work just doesn't occur like that. The fact that you uh, maybe have a specialty in underwriting in the energy sector in the Southwest is really interesting and important but your replacement doesn't necessarily have to have that exact experience. And we had descriptions that said you must have these capabilities when we know that you can be an underwriter with other capabilities in another line of business and transfer those to the energy sector in the Southwest and be just as successful. In fact, maybe more successful because you bring new ideas and innovations to the work. But to your point around avoiding job loss, what it has done is had us take a more holistic approach to upskilling and reskilling uh, versus just work being eliminated. The people doing that work find themselves without a job. All the while we're backfilling and needing talent in the other area. It just doesn't make sense not to look inside first. And I love the way it challenges the definitions of expectations and requirements because there are a lot of wonderfully talented, skilled people who are also very humble and they won't apply for something they don't necessarily um, fit on that, you know, 20 page job description. And Julia, this kind of speaks to what you experienced, doesn't it? You worked in claims, but you really dreamed of working in underwriting. Yeah. So what this also kind of did was it opened my eyes at what else there is within the company. Um, because I've been in that situation where you know, I was interested in growing my career path with the company. And so I would go through our internal job listing and, you know, see what else was available, but I wasn't quite sure based on my history, what I was, you know, what would be a good fit for me? What, what would I be able to apply for based on my skill set? So this was a great opportunity because I had spoken with my manager um, at the time. She knew I was interested in underwriting. But the reason I was interested in underwriting was because I had colleagues who had gone the same route. And it just sounded interesting to me. However, if there's someone else in my position where, you know, they want to know what else is out there, knowing that there's an opportunity in other departments that can open their eyes to see, okay, so, you know, if I don't want to stay with claims, maybe I could go into underwriting or risk engineering or, you know, other opportunities within the company. Sure, it's just a great way to test the waters. Julia, you mentioned your manager, and I want to ask Al, how do you get managers on board? I'm kind of assuming a company needs to foster a culture of 
of collaboration in the first place. Yeah, I'll tell you that one of the most important philosophies we had to start with in relation to the manager, and these are terms we would never use, but it is a philosophy is that the employees that work for you aren't yours. The talent is Zurich's and the talent is ultimately the company's. So, you know, most of our managers and our leaders understand that, but we went in with that sort of mindset to say, let's just start off at the very beginning, recognizing that um, every one of our employees is talent. Every one of our employees brings capabilities to their current job. And every one of them has capabilities they're not using in their current job. And when you overlay that with, um, ultimately those capabilities are best used when maximized for the employee and the company, you kind of get beyond the fact that, yeah, sure, every manager has a job they've filled and they need those tasks and, and deliverables to be met. So you're right, collaboration is key. We had coaching, we developed programs to really educate our managers to show them um, as far as development, how important it was to give talent like Julia the chance to step out of their job and do something different. And that's very challenging because the manager, Julia's manager, was using her capabilities to deliver for the team. So one of the natural tendencies would be to say, gosh, now how am I going to get that work done? But we also recognize that when Julia steps out of the role or anyone in the marketplace steps out, that also gives other people on the team an opportunity to possibly learn something different, maybe learn Julia's work. So we really tried to find the win-win in all scenarios, but we do recognize when someone leaves to take a development assignment, 20, 30, 40, 100%, um, that does create a challenge for the manager. And we worked with them to recognize that challenge was not something that was sufficient for them to say, you can't do it but it was something that we helped develop them through. And we also reminded them, Renee, that they could also quest talent from the talent marketplace. So we also challenged them to say, yeah, if you have work that you'd like to have someone come and help you with, you've got development opportunities, put a request into the marketplace and bring talent into your organization because the talent flow goes both ways. That makes great sense. And Julia, in your case, do you want to talk a little bit about your managers and how supportive they were? Yeah, of course. I was very, very fortunate that my manager at the time, um, she was very supportive right up front because I had actually spoken to her and the director of my department, letting them know that I was interested in a underwriting associate position last year and that I was not going to be applying for a position. Were very supportive, encouraging. Fortunately, when that role um, was passed on to someone else. They continued to assist me by making sure I was actively participating in uh, learning uh, lessons online, you know, just to try and get a little bit more uh, underwriting knowledge under my belt. Um, and then I was actually approached by them to participate in the talent marketplace. I hadn't known about it originally, but they had kind of thrown my name into the bucket to, you know, see if I would be a good fit for it. And, you know, thankfully I was. And of course, once I learned the process and the opportunity itself and the team, I got to meet the, the assignment manager. It was just a really good fit and a really great opportunity to not only, you know, learn about this position to see if I was actually interested in it, but to also gain that experience, that hands-on experience um, that a lot of, you know, employers kind of look for when looking through kind of a list of, of uh, candidates. 
um, very thankful that they were very supportive and, you know, encouraged me throughout the process. That's really wonderful to have them volunteer you for Talent Marketplace really does speak to a collaborative uh, culture. Now, Al, I'm changing the direction a little and I'm playing devil's advocate. If I'm a small company and I'm listening to this, I'm saying, well, Zurich is a huge company. They can do this. I'm a small company. What would you say to that? Yeah, it's a really great question. And since we rolled out the marketplace a little over a year ago, Renee, we've had the chance to speak at this topic on, on many different forums with large and small companies. So I think the, um, the answer I would give to a small company or really any size company is um, one could argue that it's even easier for a small company. And what I mean by that is within a small company or smaller company, there's a lot more visibility to the work that's being done, um, to the people who are working in the company and to the priorities. And in fact, I suspect that the, the need to be agile and move quickly is even greater in a small company. The larger the company is, the less likely the natural business ripples will create the big waves. But in a small company, you need to be moving very quickly. You don't have the luxury of, of hiring um, new people as quickly. In many cases, you may not be able to hire a person to you know, deal with a seasonal peak or uh, workflows that have for some reason spiked in one area. So in order to you know, still deliver for your customers, you could use the other members of your team who maybe work on something that's a little bit different, a little bit downstream, or maybe not quite as important as the immediate fire and bring them over. So I think the opportunities are there for every company. The way you would approach it is the same way we did, with the customer in need in the front of your mind and the important priority deliverables that you need to deliver in the short term, you have to ask yourself, do I have all of our talent in the right place? And again, I think it's many ways easier for a smaller company to see, you know, when you can see your whole talent, the reality is before this talent marketplace, I hadn't met Julia. If I worked in a smaller company, I probably would have known her. We would have probably eaten in the same cafeteria, but we're such a large company, only by the stroke of really good luck and the, the existence did we get to know her and, and come to know her talent? But in a small company, you have the luxury of saying, you know, I know someone specifically who will be really good at that. And you can have a little more direct connection to make that happen. But the marketplace, I would contend, is for every size company. It's so flexible, you can apply it to your current needs in any size enterprise. Which is great. And I was going to ask you if companies should expect it to take longer to upskill a current employee, but you've said the hiring process can be so long that maybe that's kind of a wash. I think there is, so it's a trade-off. One thing we always were careful is, you know, there will be many occasions where you need to fill a job and, you know, we don't want to ever contend that the marketplace is a substitute for filling jobs. But you're absolutely right. The If you look at the whole process of, you know, someone arguing, well, why wouldn't I just, you know, backfill a job? I'll get someone here who's permanent, not 70%, and they'll be with our team, and they can come up to speed more quickly. What we've learned from this process is our current employees know how to navigate the, the company. They have a network. They have really great capabilities. And their ability to learn something very different and to pick up the nuances of the new role within the company they're comfortable with and know is actually quicker. 
than someone coming in from the outside and certainly comparable. So um, it's really not a, a fair argument to to make to say, well, you know, the only way we can be successful is bring someone in who knows that particular skill set. We can teach them that. We can teach them by sitting across from someone very talented and having them uh, walk through how to do that job. That's exactly how Julia learned how to do her job was by being surrounded by people who did it uh, very well and they taught her that specialty. What they didn't need to tell her was, you know, how to navigate around the company. Didn't have to tell her about the importance of claims because guess what? She worked there and she had relationships right. and she had other areas. So um, that's a, it's a real positive for us is to get our current staff those opportunities. And that's a great perspective. And it, it kind of touches on my next question. Not everybody is a candidate for talent marketplace, right? No, I mean, this is this is just another tool, another development tool. And like anything, some people are more interested in learning something different, others aren't. But where we have that energetic, excited, um, you know, eager employee who wants to do something different and learn, this is a vehicle for them to do that. And it also fulfills the company need to get great work done by our current talent. Now, Julia, you loved your assignment in underwriting, obviously, <laughs> but if you had not liked it, that would have been okay too, right? Oh, absolutely. I just think it was a great opportunity, like I mentioned, just to see if I was even interested um, in the role. Because based on previous conversations with um, colleagues of mine, who had kind of gone through that route of, you know, claims to underwriting, it sounded interesting, um, but I wasn't 100% sure, you know, you can kind of only get a little bit of insight about the job itself based on previous people's experiences, but right. to actually, you know, join a team and work with underwriters and other UAs to see how the flow and processes actually work on a day-to-day -day basis, that's entirely different. And if it hadn't been something that was catered to my skill set, I would have gladly just accepted that experience, you know, made sure it was um, added to my individual development plan so that when another opportunity um, presented itself, I would at least be able to have that to look back to and for the next assignment manager to say, you know, it looks like they've accepted a similar role or a different role. At least they were willing to try it. I think that kind of speaks volumes on an individual basis that you're at least willing to try. Like Al said, you're, you're eager, willing to learn. I think that's really a huge characteristic that everyone kind of looks at for, you know, growing internal talent. And you had said um, in an earlier conversation, loved about talent marketplace is this isn't just, you're not just given one shot. Exactly. I think it's really a great setup in which, you know, maybe if you try out this assignment and it doesn't really um, seem to fit with, you know, what you were thinking as far as your career path, not only can you go back to your current role, it also allows you to kind of move on to a next possible assignment. You know, there's no reason to necessarily get discouraged just because that one opportunity wasn't necessarily what you thought it would be. You're gonna have more opportunities um, as long as you, you know, just keep pushing forward to see like, what else is out there. And I think it's, what's really important is just keeping that communication open between you and your manager because both sides are huge contributors for this, this process. Right, right. So Al, you kind of it talked about a lot of the different elements of this. Are there any specific types of infrastructure a company would need to put a talent marketplace into place? 
Yeah, I think there's a few things that lead to success. And, um, you know, one is the business need itself. So identifying that in, in, truly there are there's work and there are uh, tasks that need additional support. So really identifying that business need for the marketplace to, to get the work done. Um, the second is real strong company commitment and focus on development for employees. And I think the third is you obviously need some type of system, a marketplace to transact and you know take in the work requests and reconcile them against the employees who are interested in or who have raised their hand for the marketplace. So it's around culture, it's around company commitment, business need, and then you know a system that can be really based on your own internal recruiting processes and how you collect requisitions and then bump them against candidates, but a process in which you can reconcile the supply and demand within the marketplace. So those are the, the key elements. It's also great if you have a, a you know, wonderful, talented employee base who's eager to learn and take some risks and managers who are uh, also eager to support them and know that the longer term benefits of a marketplace outweigh someone being gone for a portion of the time in the short term. That's really well put. Julia, what would you say to a company that doesn't have a talent marketplace, but is kind of on the fence about implementing one? I would absolutely say you should do your best to try and get it implemented. I think it's a great program, not only for the employer, but also for the employees. Al, any parting thoughts? No, I would uh, echo what Julia just said. I think if a company recognizes that they need um, to move talent more quickly through the organization and are looking for ways to do that, the marketplace is a great start. Um, you know, we at Zurich would be glad to talk to you if you have a particular interest in sharing some of our successes and you know blueprints and how we made it happen. Uh, we think it's just a wonderful opportunity, and the real testament comes when you realize that uh, employees like Julia who worked in a department that and her experience, if you looked at the the description of the job she ultimately took, would have excluded her from even being qualified for that job. And the marketplace opened our eyes to recognize that the new set of capabilities that's truly needed for a job, uh, you know, got got changed. You, You open yourself up to the ability to move people around to Uh, jobs that they wouldn't have normally had access to um, be able to learn and then to thrive in. So it's a great opportunity to move the future of work to today and to create a more dynamic um, company for yourself, your customers, and your employees. Wow, this has been such a great conversation, but it's not over yet. It's time for the lightning round. I'm going to ask you both four questions, and you should answer quickly, but feel free to elaborate a little. Julia, you answer first, and then Al will follow. Are you ready? All right, ready. Okay, one. Two. What was your first job? Uh, I actually worked retail uh, back when I was, I think, 16. And I was a dishwasher at a local restaurant in my hometown. Two. If the universe had a talent marketplace and you could accept an assignment outside the insurance industry, what would you do? Sky's the limit, guys. 
when I was younger, I wanted to do something like Indiana Jones. I think that was probably one of the coolest jobs unofficially that you could have had. And what I would do is I would run a, um, a barbecue food truck uh, traveling all across the country. That sounds great. <laughs> Three, what leadership skill has been the most difficult for you to develop? I believe learning to train and teach people with various personalities and various learning capabilities. Like everyone learns a different way and just being able to recognize that and adapt to each individual to make sure that they're, you know, pretty much getting the same learning experience, but cater to them. And for me, I would say I continue to work on uh, more effectively delegating. Okay, last question. What talent or hobby do you have that your coworkers don't know about? Uh, I'm a huge cosplayer. I love going to Comic-Con and, and cosplaying. My most recent one has been uh, Master Chief from Halo. Some of my coworkers know this about me, but I really do love to, um, and it feeds into my question about the, the what would I do in the dream job, but I really like to um, cook and especially have gotten into, um, in my backyard, smoking various meats and vegetables. Fabulous. Al and Julia, thank you so much for joining us today. This has been fantastic. Really appreciate your time. Thank you very much. Future of Risk, presented by Zurich North America. If you like the show, we'd appreciate it if you left a comment or review wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Let us know what you think at media at zurichna.com and join us next week. The information in this audio recording was compiled from sources believed to be reliable for general information purposes and is intended for Zurich clients and business partners. The information contained here may be useful to you or your enterprise when developing your own policies and procedures. The policies and procedures applicable to your enterprise should take into account the specific circumstances of your business and business environment, which is beyond the capacity of this podcast. Any and all information provided is not intended to constitute advice of any nature and is specifically not legal advice, and accordingly, you should consult with your own legal counsel. We do not guarantee the accuracy of this information presented or any results and further assume no liability in connection with this recording and the information provided therein. Moreover, Zurich reminds you that the information provided cannot be assumed to contain every acceptable safety and compliance procedure or that additional procedures might not be appropriate under the circumstances. The subject matter of this recording is not tied to any specific insurance product, nor will adopting these policies and procedures ensure coverage under any insurance policy. We encourage listeners to seek additional information from credible sources. Thank you.